Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. Hi, this is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and I'm here at the Black Cat Conference in Las Vegas talking to Byron Akihito. Byron is the founder and executive editor of The Last Watchdog on Privacy and Security. Thanks for meeting with me, Byron. Thanks for having me, Christine. Good to see you. You too. So let's start out and just get an idea of your background, what you're working on at The Last Watchdog, and and then we'll go from there. Uh, sure. I uh, am a business reporter. I started writing about Microsoft in 2000 for USA Today, and that kind of naturally morphed into covering cybersecurity as Microsoft, you know, as, as uh, hackers became a problem for Microsoft. And here we are all these years later, and I'm, it's, the story is richer than ever. Yeah. So you have a pretty extensive background covering the space for 15, 20 years, and also a Pulitzer-winning um, journalist as well. So what keeps you interested in cybersecurity? Why have you been writing about it for so long? Uh, well, I've just been uh, really lucky to, as a journalist to have uh, you know, covered two really great topics that I can help explain to foster understanding for the public. You know, prior before I started covering Microsoft, I covered Boeing. That's where I won the Pulitzer, was covering aviation safety and writing about the uh, 737 rudder problems, the previous version of the problems with the May 737's crash. Uh, then I moved on to security. So it really, it's just, um, you know, I really enjoy and feel satisfaction out of uh, helping to explain a complex topic that is of, you know, importance to everyone. Mm -hmm. So how did you get started with The Last Watchdog, and what is that outlet? What is your goal um, for that, and what are, are you covering there? Um, I started Last Watchdog just as, a, just as kind of blogs were getting rolling you know, back in the, I don't know, I think it was 2006, 2007 or so. And I just created it as a way to like have my body of work sitting somewhere. This is as you know, I was doing stuff primarily for USA Today, so they, you know, this is in the early days of repurposing quality content and sharing it far and wide. It was like even pre-Twitter, yeah, it was pre-Twitter, so uh, I just started it back then. It just kind of am doing the same thing. It's just really uh, my venue, so it's turned into sort of my brand, and it's really what I want to talk about, but also, you know, I try to help the the good guys, the vendors who are in this space, uh, explain what they're seeing and, you know, to add to the conversation. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned it's, you know, what you, your brand, what you want to be talking about. What does that consist of typically? I know we see like so many different publications and outlets covering different aspects of the industry in different ways. What do you, what would you say that you specialize in covering? Oh, it's a good question. I, I think it really, uh, what I try to do is, since I'm a newspaper reporter, is kind of go off, kind of what's in the news, and the actual the, the 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 basic story itself hasn't changed in 20 years since I've been covering. It's really it's a great story. You know, it's it's dramatic. It's got a lot of tension. It's got good guys, bad guys, but essentially it's this. It's a the central conflict is the way we're using the internet. You know, 
and the way we continue to push, you know, it's now it's called digital transformation and the Internet of Things. Uh, it's it's doing wonderful things, but it's also opening up all these risks and exposures that are now like impacting. Well, all along, it's been impacting everything. The, the more we push forward in trying to uh, use the internet and, and digital technology to, you know, innovate, uh, the more the bad guys are innovating, and it's it's you know affecting everything from our banking accounts to privacy. To, to aviation, <laughs> aviation to and geopolitical, yeah. you know, to the social fabric, to you know, and all the propaganda and the botnet, Russian botnets, it, it all like has, it all comes back down to how we've pushed the internet forward, and how we push push digital technology forward to create all these services, and it's both the good guys and the bad guys manipulating and leveraging and trying to exploit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I always ask this question to all the reporters that we speak to, and it's really what what do you see, and the news cycle has been crazy the past month or so, but what do you see as one of the biggest headlines of 2019? What are some of the, the stories that we're going to see a lot more of? I know election security always comes up. Of course, we just had the Capital One breach. What do you think is one of the biggest headlines right now in the industry? Well, I think, unfortunately, um, well, I think the election is going to be <laughs> Uh, hard to avoid because uh, it has such high visibility. Um, but I think we're going to continue to see uh, breaches, and when we look, it's going to be off of the same old, same old, like the Capital One breach, except with a twist, right? Uh, it was an insider employee, uh, Amazon Web Services employee, who happened to work on the Capital uh, and, and Capital One was using cloud services, AWS. So there was the the vector that was opened up, and she, you know, the accused attacker took advantage of that and stole 100 million uh, customer accounts. So uh, I think you're going to see more of that, where you see sort of the perfect storm and the convergence of what I, was, I addressed earlier, which is, you know, the core problem is the same. We're, we're leaping forward with uses of digital technology and it's creating all these new vectors. So we're going to see how these new vectors like cloud services get explored. And guess what? What's next? Internet of Things. It's here. So we're going to hear a lot about that here today, Internet of Things. And, you know, it's really, at Black Hat here, I'm, I'm very excited to be, have the opportunity to sit and see what the good guys are doing. Because the good guys are doing a lot. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're locating the areas where uh, security can and should be baked in going forward. And I think that's a very fascinating process. And it, it is incrementally making things better. And I, if, if you see any theme in my, in my writing, my body of work, it's that um, I think we're going to solve this, but it's not going to be for a while. It, you know, it's going to be little incremental steps because the technology is there, the know-how is there. But in, it's almost, um, you know, it takes a while to do that. And, and once we solve something, then something else opens up that needs to be solved. Yeah. 
That's true. Um, and then we have a, a segment on Inside the Media Minds with listener questions. And one of the ones that we got for, for you was, you know, at a, at a conference like this and any conference, whether it be RSA or DEF CON, there are so many different vendors. You mentioned there's lots of good guys doing a lot of things to try to fix some of the problems. How, did the, how should the companies differentiate themselves? Like there's so much noise going on. There's so much research going out. In your opinion, what are some ways for companies and vendors to differentiate themselves from a media perspective? It's <laughs> a loaded question. Um, I think, you know, being transparent, as simple as that sound uh, sounds. Um, I think one of the, the, the shortcomings I see of the good guys, it's, it's, it's universal almost, and it's, I've seen it for 20 years now, is, is everybody tries to uh, frame the problem in the biggest broadest sense and there's they don't rather than making it simple and and explaining what they're doing and why they're doing it and what the context is for what they're doing it a lot of times a big pitfall I see over and over is um, not um, differentiating between uh, hypothetical or theoretical attacks and, and you know the theoretical implications of new vulnerabilities or new intelligence uh, and just going through the worst case scenario. So I, I think what's changed is that the companies themselves, the people that they're trying to sell to, the information security officers and even the CFOs and the board members, they understand this is important and they want clarity. They want, you know, so I think if the companies, and there are companies that are doing that, the companies that are transparent, clear, get to the point, answer questions directly, I think, uh, actually, could they differentiate themselves from the pack, so to speak? No, that makes sense. And I guess, like, what are you hoping to get out of Black Hat this year? I know you're recording a lot of podcasts this week. What are some of those key things that you want to get out of the, some of the people you're talking to? Yeah, I, I know. It's just kind of scary because I, I'm thinking, into, you know, at, at certain things like uh, security uh, orchestration and automated response, this notion of, taking all these data feeds of you know what's coming in and trying to sort it all out for the bad stuff mm -hmm. um, you know and th this whole area of uh, DevOps and um, microservices and using the cloud services and developing on the fly and, and you know breaking down the software into these little components that are all circulating and everybody just grabs pieces and, and puts it together um, I think that is kind of the leading edge or the bleeding edge, whatever you want to call it. Like t I've talked to a few vendors who are, uh, you know, trying to get with the big ser cloud services providers like Amazon and Google, to name mm -hmm. the two leading ones, to try and get ahead of that problem because we're already seeing it. Like I said, I mean, Capital One was a kind of a simple example, but you know, there's, you know, the the elite attackers are well aware of all the new doors and windows that are being opened as we move into this area of DevOps and everything being small little microservices that are floating around. And you know you can authenticate and get in the side door that way. Um, that's got to be solved. So that, that, those are one of the new big problems that even as we're fixing the old problems like trying to better orchestrate you know, the, the legacy products, the information coming in, you guys, you know, we're going to have to start solving for where our companies are going with this digital transformation. 
Yeah, no, that's interesting too. So um, I guess if, so, you know, you talk to a lot of vendors um, via your podcast and everything like that. So what, when, when companies are reaching out to, to you to talk to you about this kind of a thing, how do you really approach interviewing them? Like, what are you looking for, you know, as they're talking to really help them tell their story to help maybe solve some of these industry problems? Um, one of my, my tricks, so to speak, <laughs> is just to say, well, tell me a story about how you got started. I mean, often that's really interesting and, um, you know, a common scenario is that they were, you know, they were, the founder was working somewhere else for another whatever technology or service and had a better idea or, and so, um, and then found the backing to go do it. So a lot of times it's, you know, starting there and then kind of, you know, sort of letting the vendor tell the story about what they're doing and um, uh, trying to get at what their core competency is, mm -hmm. stripping away all the uh, sort of the, what they, you know, the, the, superfluous parts of the of the mess of marketing messages. A lot of times they sit, sit around and come up with all these marketing messages and they kind of miss the mark. But anyway, it's it's like I said, it's fascinating because it is there is this is important stuff and you know it's a ninety billion dollar, is that right? Ninety billion dollar is spent globally, growing at eight percent a year uh, for cybersecurity products and services. Um, and we're here at this gigantic conference that gets you know, bigger and more interesting every year. And so uh, there's no shortage of stories to tell. Yeah, that's true. And then just, we always like to get, we, we try to get to know the person, you know, behind the stories. And you've had a really impressive career at USA Today and, and the Pulitzer winning articles as well. So what um, is something, you know, outside of, of that, that people maybe don't know about you, um, that would be interesting for our, our listeners to know about you? Well, of course, now we've got social media, right? And so I, I <laughs> um, if they, you know, you, you can find out that uh, I like to paddle uh, stand-up surfboards. I grew up in Hawaii, so I still like water sports. I live near the water in Seattle. And uh, also I like to, I play Hawaiian music. So those are two things that kind of keep me sane other than, you know, when I can break away from the, from the keyboard and the screen. That's a good point too. You made about social media. We see so many, um, so much news coming out on social media, and so you know, much info from from cybersecurity vendors, reporters, and, and really the gamut. There's so much activity. How do you approach um, social media? Do you use it as personal outlet? Like, how do you use it, and how do you see it evolving from a news perspective, and how we get information? Oh, I, I, you know. Because I'm old school, I've been around for so long, it's like, oh, it's a kind of a necessary evil to me. Not necessary, that's overstating it. I know I have to do it, so my philosophy about it is, well, okay, I'm doing uh, what I know to be quality editorial work, that, and I'm doing it, you know, with the correct motivation to try and foster understanding. So I just kind of focus on that, and then I use tools that are available uh, you know, social media tools so that I can Twitter, you know, I can do my posts once and it goes out <laughs> to four different places and it goes out again, you know. So that's, that's pretty, uh, that's kind of what I do. I, you know, and I don't really do social Facebook, you know, except when I feel like it if I'm on vacation and 
you know, at a beach, I might post something or something like that. Cool. No, it's been great talking to you here at Black Hat Byron. So really appreciate you sitting down with us and talking about, um, you know, things that you're covering so we can get to know more about you and The Last Watchdog. So um, thanks a lot. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds with Byron Akihito. Thank you, Christine. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. 